0: There are many people in and across the university who are driving change. In our Changemaker podcast series, we shine a light on some of our staff and partners and discover the remarkable projects that are shaping society. In this episode, we meet Professor Glenn Lyons, Mott MacDonald Professor of Future Mobility at UWE Bristol, and Annette Smith, Technical Director and Lead of the Future Mobility Team at Mott MacDonald. Glenn and Annette discuss Futures, a collaborative undertaking between Mott Macdonald and UWE Bristol for a vision-led approach to transport planning in an uncertain world. In the podcast, Glenn and Annette discuss how Futures came about and discuss challenges around transport planning such as climate change. This interesting chat highlights one of the many ways UWE Bristol is transforming Futures. More information can be found on the Futures webpage which is listed in the podcast notes.
1: Hello, I'm Glenn Lyons. I'm the Mott Macdonald Professor of Future Mobility at the University of the West of England. I guess at, at my heart, I'm an academic who loves transport, and I'm particularly keen on trying to constructively challenge established thinking within transport, both academically and in practice, and trying ultimately to encourage change for the better.
0: Hi, I'm Annette Smith and I currently lead the Future Mobility team at Mott MacDonald where we focus on delivering futures and foresight projects within the transport sector. I work with a range of organisations to support them in taking account of deep uncertainty that exists today in order to develop resilient transport policies and strategies that deliver positive outcomes for society. And I've been working in the transport sector for the last 25 years, mainly as a transport planning consultant, and I've been working with Glenn for the last four years at Mott MacDonald.
1: What I've discovered uh, in the course of my career is that you meet people early on and perhaps think that's the last time you'll have met them and that's the end of your relationship professionally, only to discover you reconnect with them later on. That's been very much the experience that I've had with Annette, in that many years ago, we had set something up called the Transport Visions Network. This was at the turn of the millennium and everyone was thinking about the future. And yet, you really had to be a professor or a chief executive or a director to be listened to, but we were given this opportunity to have a voice as young professionals. So we had this network in an age before social media and Annette and I were two of those young professionals. And that was our first encounter. I was an academic and I think by then Annette was was already a consultant, um, but that was the nature of our first collaboration.
0: That must have been like nineteen ninety nine. so even like in the last century was when when Glenn and I met. But I think we were working particularly on a um piece of work around land use and transport planning integration as part of that transport visions network, which was you know brilliant to be in workshops thinking about the future. And so that's very much kind of what we do now. So um yeah, it's been a long professional relationship that we've had.
1: And perhaps just to add to that, Annette, how nice it has been that we reconnected. I should perhaps explain that uh, although I'm an academic, I became very frustrated by the changes I was seeing in the transport sector beyond just the world of academia with lots of excitement around how technology was going to change the world in, in amazing ways. And by good fortune, Mott McDonald as a company was also trying to make sense of how it was going to deal with what was being called future mobility. And so it was a lovely coming together and I managed to secure this position I still have, which is the Mott Macdonald Professor of Future Mobility. So as an academic, I spend half my time. In the world of academia but the other half I'm seconded into McDonald and not long after I arrived Annette you joined me and that was sort of another reconnection of our professional lives.
0: I was just really interested in the fact that you'd been appointed as professor of future mobility and around about that time I was working on a project to help a small town accommodate 20,000 new homes and I think the brief was help us as a local authority to accommodate all this traffic that's going to come onto our network and how are we going to do that you know with the existing road and transport network that we've got and obviously we ran a few models and and identified that the transport system just wasn't going to cope with that. I was scratching my head thinking, well, how are we going to use approaches that we've got to come out with an answer that the client's going to be happy with? And then I started hearing about the work that Mott MacDonald were doing and you were doing around um, using futures techniques and scenario planning, and i just thought that there's something in that and i was really keen then to just start to adopt those approaches and start to help the industry move forward with all these kind of challenges that they were going to be facing moving forward around technology but also around like lifestyle change and, you know and the environmental challenges we're facing too yeah the techniques that we're able to use now and use them together taking that academic theory but also applying them in practice has been really rewarding in the last few years
1: so having come together in this partnership between academia and practice, I guess it's helpful to see a bit of context for what's been changing in the transport sector. So for many years, in in very simple terms, the way we have done things is to what's called predict and provide. The models that you were just referring to would be used to estimate or predict how much future traffic growth typically there would be. And then we look at our road network and say, oh my goodness, we haven't got space for all this traffic. We'll have to build more roads. And that has been going on for quite a while. And as you will probably know as an audience, without all good things, it has also created problems in terms of pollution and congestion and so on. And so we can't carry on doing what we've always done. And two things, I suppose, have really come into focus now globally for all of us. One is we've experienced a pandemic. Most of us weren't expecting it. And my goodness, it shocked our lives massively And we're all left wondering what on earth is lying ahead of us for the future. The second thing, of course, is climate change. It's the biggest threat possibly that we've ever faced as a species. Neither of those things sit very comfortably with just carry on predicting more traffic and providing more infrastructure to accommodate it. So I had been seconded 10 years ago, actually, to the New Zealand Ministry of Transport as a strategy director to try and make sense of, at that point, why road traffic had stopped growing even though the government was intending to build more roads and this was happening in other countries as well and what emerged from that work was a new approach which we called at that time decide and provide instead of predict and provide it was about deciding in a vision-led way what we would like the future to be and then providing an appropriate way to get there that could deal with the uncertainty that we were facing. When I joined Mott McDonald, I spent quite a lot of time in the first year talking with clients and fellow practitioners about these challenges and this new opportunity that we might have. But as my boss at the time put it, Glenn, you seem to be really good at putting the fear of God into our clients, but what we actually need is something more tangible to help our clients make sense of this and, and make good progress. So, out of that came the creation of what we called Futures, which is a six stage vision led approach for strategic planning in an uncertain world. The idea of that was to try and take a very complex world where lots of people were feeling very uncomfortable about the future and what on earth they were meant to be doing and how to make decisions and investments. And present them with a pragmatic and usable process of six stages, which we could take them through on a journey where they could reflect and explore on the changes around them, gaining confidence and more comfortably make some decisions. That was created as a collaborative undertaking between MacDonald and the University of the West of England.
0: What you've developed, Glenn, is like a really clear six-stage approach, and that's been able to be able to be understood by clients. And so we've been able to take this approach and really take that academic theory and that robustness and commercialise it so that it can be used much more widely. And we've done lots of different things with futures. We've been able to use it in cities to think about what a net zero transport system might look like by engaging with lots of different policy makers and decision makers in cities. And we've been able to use it with different local authorities when they're developing their local transport plans, for example, to identify and, and collaborate with stakeholders around what vision do people have for the future of places, and then be able to think about but what are the uncertainties that are also kind of keeping us awake at night that means that we know when we can't control everything. What futures enables us to do is to have those conversations and then develop a more resilient plan for the future. And that's been really kind of growing in terms of a business for us, enabling us to work with a wide range of organizations, both in the UK and internationally. And we're just seeing it become increasingly part of the lexicon of the industry that predict um, and provide is a methodology that um, maybe we need to transition much more towards this decide and provide approach and Futures enables practitioners to do that.
1: And we probably should add that although in one sense it's
0: proprietary in that
1: McDonald and UWE have created this and and use it with our clients and indeed even within our own organisations, it's not something that we're selling as a piece of software. Mm -hmm. We straight away made it available in the public domain because in a way, it's a, it's a process. It's a way of engaging fellow humans in mm. shared dialogue to make sense of a messy world and an uncertain future. And so the beauty of it is that it's not a case of only if you buy this thing from McDonald's can you benefit from it. We're trying to create a culture change within the transport sector and others are doing things now which are similar to this, they may have different names. The government itself has what's known as an uncertainty toolkit and a futures toolkit, and our futures approach fits into that repertoire of techniques and practices that are now gaining more and more attention in the sector. The challenge with With something like futures is that as we mentioned already it's not really a piece of software that you put in some numbers it does clever things like ai would do um, and produce some answers that are transformational um, and that you can quote figures from Uh, it's really at its very heart about making people think or as we sometimes say helping people think the unthinkable And in that sense, it it can be quite difficult to say, well, can you point to the benefits that have emerged? And we learn most, I think, from the experience of applying futures with our clients. We can see them opening their minds, growing in confidence, being more receptive to each other's differing points of view. And we get very encouraging feedback from individuals who have taken part, recognizing that it really has been beneficial to them. It's actually quite surprising in this day and age how many professionals still find it a novelty to be in a workshop environment where good facilitation is encouraging them to engage in sort of role play activity, thought provocation and and genuinely explore their thinking and sharing their thinking with others. And that's really very much part of what futures uh, and all the different techniques we have within it allows us to help others to do and so there are very much benefits that we see. We know projects that have involved futures have been successful, have been improved but that's not necessarily borne out by being able to say we got a 50% increase in traffic efficiency or we sold 200% more widgets and made so much more money.
0: I think we've been fortunate to see the growth in futures and futures thinking across a number of our clients. And I think it's been a real privilege to work with the DFT, with the Department for Transport in the UK, as they've began their journey of embedding futures thinking into their strategy and their investment decision making processes. And so we've developed technology roadmaps using futures techniques for the transport decarbonisation plan. And we've Uh, Worked on studies with the FT on kind of future of rail, future of flight, and future of roads, and you know, and also beginning to kind of really grapple with those big issues around artificial intelligence and the impact on transport. What we've learned is that using futures techniques really opens up conversations and brings people together, and I think we've found that it enables people to really share their concerns and shine a light on those things that might keep them awake at night or previously they might not have really felt that they could share in terms of their professional sort of like worries that they have so we've found that it's a really excellent way of bringing people together and we found that it's got a real power in engaging people in a very systematic process that enables people to engage with and take on kind of familiar but also quite frustrating challenges and make sure that we can then help our clients and the stakeholders that we engage with to actually find a solution to some of those challenges that they're facing. And I think as well we've found particularly that we've learned that Futures is really good to engage transport professionals um, and professionals from all sorts of different sectors. But what we started to realise a couple of years ago was how important futures and futures techniques could be to engage the public. And um, so we ran a set of workshops with citizens in Bristol in 2023, where we took them through a process of using futures techniques and asking them what they wanted the future of Bristol to look like in terms of achieving environmental goals and societal goals. And we were able to have excellent conversations with citizens. And it just enabled us to see how we can use these techniques to engage. And this is going to be a really important nut for us to crack as an industry is how do we engage with the public? And and what we learned doing that exercise was that the public are very engaged and are able to help us in terms of thinking about future visions and, and different scenarios and how do they want the future to look like in terms of technology And that has enabled us to kind of really open our minds and thinking towards where do we go next with futures and how can we use it to take forward the industry and and start to implement um, the kind of policies that we know are going to be challenging. But hopefully we can work with the public to uh, enable us to take take some ground, really, in some of the more difficult spaces that we know exist.
1: it's probably worth mentioning um, the futures relay, because one of the challenges with futures is it. People want to know how long will it take to do, and it can be as long as a piece of string. One of our colleagues, Anna Rothney, had a wonderful idea which we've all worked on together called the Futures Relay. I'll, I'll leave you yeah. to explain a bit more.
0: We've developed what we call the Global Futures Relay, and it enables us to go to different cities and talk to those cities and the decision makers about what what they would like a net zero transport system to look like in 2050. So it enables um, cities to vision the future. And we go through a set of um, tools within the futures toolkit to enable us to support them in thinking about what that vision might look like. Using the same process, we've been able to identify similarities, but also differences between what cities want to see in their future. And, And often I find when we do visioning, cities really they want a vision that's based on their strengths. So um, we've developed lots of different visions with cities, depending on their starting point, And they're not all the same. Some of them are very different visions that they want to see. Um, so we've got a, a system that enables us to um, do two two-hour workshops, all online and all virtual with cities, and develop a vision with them and think about what scenarios might play out in the future and what then, what policies would enable that city to reach that vision that they foresee. And so um, we've got a, a video that shows that on our McDonald MacDonald Futures website.
1: Well, I suppose if I kind of step back or zoom out and think about what this means, this futures approach for the way we do transport planning or indeed any planning, is that we really are on a an evolutionary professional journey and it actually has strong parallels with the diffusion of innovation, this idea that there's a way things are done, everyone does it in a particular way, and you come along and say, oh, I'm rather innovative, I've got a different way of doing or thinking and then doing, and to start with, you're very much an outlier, and most people are ignoring you, or still very comfortable in doing it the way they've always done it, but then The innovators joined by one or two other innovators and early adopters, people who kind of see the value of what you're doing and are brave enough or have the opportunity to step forwards and become part of the change. And we've really been experiencing that happening over the last few years, particularly as I mentioned earlier, um, accelerated really by COVID and the climate emergency. People see the relevance of futures and futures techniques and how fit for purpose it can be for a changing world but it's still a journey of evolution rather than revolution you know there are lots of people we know in the sector who have very low awareness of these types of approaches those who do become aware and develop knowledge don't necessarily get first-hand experience and it's only through as we've found with the Department for Transport and other clients, it's first-hand experience that really grows confidence in the value of these methods. And what we're really looking towards is making people more proficient so it's not just a team in one consultancy or or university that delivers this for a sector, but the sector as a whole embraces all of this. So I really feel that, yes, it's a journey of learning by doing that is continuing for us. What's next for futures? I suppose looking forwards, we should probably be a little bit coy in it and say we don't know because the very essence of futures is to embrace uncertainty and say those who predict don't have knowledge and those who have knowledge don't predict. Putting that aside a little bit, I'd come back to this evolutionary journey that we're on. And part of that learning by doing and coming right back to the relationship we have here between the University of the West of England and Mott Macdonald is that we are trying to bring academic practice together with professional practice in the industry. And so Annette and I, with colleagues, recognised how much we had learned about scenario development and planning. And we decided it was high time we wrote a paper which we called Scenario Planning for Transport Practitioners and really try to distill that into an academic article that drew upon the literature as well as our experience in, in the world of practice. And that enabled us to share that again with the wider sector, an open access article. And just at the moment, we're already at the foothills of developing another paper of that sort, which will build upon another area of our experience. And so I think what's next for futures is to hope and work hard to make that diffusion of innovation continue so that we have more and more people coming into play within the sector. We have what we've rather grandly called a community of practice on LinkedIn with now several hundred people who have essentially said, add my name to the list of people who see this as the way forwards.
0: What I love about the work that we do is that we're learning every day. We don't we do not have the answers, but by working with our fellow professionals, we are always unearthing new things. And so we want to continue doing that and, and continue learning. And, and as Glenn said, we want to continue to share that with the profession through publications. And what we have done in the last year is we have updated the interactive guide that we have on the Mott MacDonald website, It's called Futures 2.0, and it enables us to provide just a bit of an update on what we've done in the last four years. And we've been able to add in some case studies of the work that we've been doing. So that's available. And we've also produced a few videos as well of the work that we've done globally as well. So it's definitely about sharing information, increasing people's awareness and their knowledge of futures techniques and we're doing a lot of training as well at the moment, so it's just about being able to offer the industry those kind of skills and our experience. I'm appreciating that we don't have all the answers, but we'd love to work with more people who are keen to find out more about futures techniques and and how we can navigate this uncertain future that we that we face.
1: You know, just to finish, I would reflect on the fact that I'm uncertain about how uncertain I'm going to feel in a year's time or three years' time. And so if you're listening, feeling uncertain yourself and contemplating it getting worse rather than better, we really are going to need to embrace these sorts of approaches. We simply can't expect to feed in some numbers into a machine and get the answers and bet the house on that being the future that's the best course of action. So, yeah, please get involved if you're listening and infused. As we mentioned earlier, this is really a journey for the whole sector, and we're not in any way insular as Mott MacDonald and UI. We're always hungry to collaborate. And in fact, only yesterday, Annette and I, with colleagues, were in a discussion with a number of colleagues from the European Commission who are part of a foresight team within the Commission supporting its strategic planning and decision-making. And so we're always keen to hear from other people. So do please reach out to us. Uh, You can find us on LinkedIn or I'm sure there'll be details at the end. But if you type in Futures Mott McDonald into Google or another search engine, I'm sure you'll find us.